servant, do what you must do to make me a servant, make me like you. Hello and welcome to Counsel from Above, your place to find answers to your questions that you wish you would ask a counselor who also picks up God's word to answer those questions. I am your host, Nathan Honeycutt, licensed professional counselor, minister of the Church of Christ, getting our opportunity to sit together, answer questions that you have sent me. We have questions again today that are focused upon the idea of grieving and of death and suicide. And I get these questions, and especially with the first episode that I had made, uh, if you haven't seen that one yet and watch Good Grief, that's the first one uh, that I did related to this topic, really related to this podcast altogether. Uh, but since then, I've been getting a number of different questions that are related to this topic. And so I felt like I might be able to do it again. It is the most popular uh, podcast we've had to date. And so this topic seems to be a topic that is very important. So I did get three more questions. I figured I'd go ahead and bring them out now and get us an opportunity to talk about them. So the first question comes from an anonymous person. The question says, A friend of mine's son recently committed suicide. How do I support her during this time? Also, one of my children asked us if my friend's son could still go to heaven even though he took his own life. How do we answer this? You know, that is, there's, Two great, great, three questions there. Three questions that are just outstanding questions. Um, You know, suicide continues, in my opinion, to be uh, one of life's most tragic endings. I have a hard time comprehending or understanding how low, how helpless, how hopeless, how deserted a person has to become to get to a point where they feel like the next best decision to make is to end their own life. It's, it's a tragedy that Satan, in my opinion, uh, continues to present in that he wants us to feel alone. He wants us to feel like there is no one outside of us or there's no connections or there's no other alternatives or there's no other way. And, and I truly believe that his desire is for us to, to feel these things and to feel as though God is not there. And it's challenging, I think, for those that survive to know what to do next, to know how to handle moving forward. Uh, The question specifically is, how do I support this mother that lost her child um, or father for that matter? Um, You know, support comes in many forms. Um, listening, letting them have an ear uh, that is free from judgment, that allows them to say what's on their heart, say what's on their mind, say the things that they need to say and to get out of themselves so that it doesn't just fester and, and, and just hold within them. They need an ear that doesn't judge them, an ear that simply listens to them. They need someone who cares about them and their eternal soul and their place in life. They, they need someone who wants what is best for them 
throughout these moments of time. They need someone who loves them unconditionally, that doesn't change their their thinking, even if their their thoughts may not be right or the best or good or but but still has this love and this care and this this desire to do what's best for them uh, no matter what um, you know support comes in the way of honoring honoring the family honoring those that have lost their life honoring their memory and 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 honoring the life that they did leave and the th- things that they did find important or they did care about to to, to educate, to, to educate ourselves, to educate other people, to educate the next person who's feeling this same helpless, hopeless, lost feeling, to, to advocate for those that are in those positions to know that there are uh, countless resources and people and, and care and, uh, out there that says, hey, you don't, you don't have to make this choice. Our, our country has now created a, a new lifeline uh, called 988. No matter where you are, you can dial 988 and you're instantly connected with a trained professional to help through a suicidal thought or through a suicidal thinking. And so, you know, the, there's there's this this understanding that there's always somebody that'll care. There's always somebody that will listen. There's always somebody if we will but see and open our eyes and recognize that. And so those are the supports uh, that we can provide to to your child. Oftentimes I, I hear it said that suicide is the most is the unforgivable sin and I, I just cringe every time I hear that. I, it, it just it, it just kind of kind of flies all over me. When did when did we become judge and jury and executioner? When did we become God? When when did we make a determination whether someone, spends eternity in heaven or hell. I, th- I thought God did that. You know, to, to those that are trying to manage the loss of someone, you know, sometimes it's a comforting thought and feeling to know that a God who never makes a mistake is the God that gets to determine and will determine our eternal destiny. No, no matter what, God doesn't make a mistake. God doesn't put the wrong person in the wrong place. God doesn't punish the wrong person. God doesn't reward the wrong person. And so to our children, to our own minds, to people, the answer is let, let God be the judge. Let, let God decide where their eternal place is, just like he does for the rest of us. And let us, let us focus and center ourselves on the fact that he'll never make a mistake. He's, he's not going to get this one wrong. Hebrews clearly says, As appointed a man wants to die, and after this the judgment, that, that God will make the determination. Let's let God do that. Let's, let's let God make that call. And, and to those that ask that question, uh, innocent, and I appreciate the question, uh, our response may be, you know, God who doesn't make a mistake won't make a mistake with this one. He won't make a mistake in the right answer or the right place for this person's eternal soul. 
I appreciate the question. That's a, a wonderful question. The second question I have for us is comes from another anonymous source. It says, how, how can you support or encourage those who have experienced a death of a spouse if you've not experienced that loss yourself? You know, we've learned a lot about grief and loss. Uh, one of the big things that we learned is it's not as simple as we make it out to be. Uh, our, our mental health profession, they, they try to create the stages of grief. And, and in the process, they realize that it just isn't that simple. You know, grief, grief is unique to all of us. None, none of us are the same way. None of us handle it the same way. None of us make it through the same way. We are all different. We all are unique. We all think differently. And because of that, it's, it's a unique process. It, it's, it's false to think there's only one way to be able to go through grief. But the question itself is a good question because the question kind of touches with a, a nerve that happens a lot, and that is that only those who've experienced this event can empathize with this event. And, and the reality is, is I, I think that's a completely false statement. And even and to some people, it's used as a, as a way to not have to you know, talk about it or listen because, well, you don't know what I'm going through, so it gives me a way to not have to talk with them. But the reality is, is that I don't have to experience something in order to be able to connect with something within me that knows that type of a feeling that I, I don't I don't have to experience that event but I can connect within me and experience this that that's empathy empathy is the connecting within myself to a feeling to a thought to an action that is similar to the experience of someone else to sit beside them, to sit with them in that feeling, in that, in that vulnerability, in that darkness, and to sit in that seat and know this is what this feels like. You know, somebody experiencing loss, they, they, don't, they don't need someone to say, well, this is what I did, get out of it. This is what I did. I did this. You know, you can just do this. You know, you, you, just, you just, you know, do this and you'll, you'll be good. You know, there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy is a is a disconnection. Empathy is a connection. Sympathy is the one that says, well, at, at least this didn't happen. Well, at least that didn't take place. Well, at least this is the case. You know, my spouse died. Well, at least you were married. Well, my so-and-so uh, lost their life. Well, at least you had a few years with them. I mean, wow, what? Come on. Where, where, where's the connection here? Where's the, where's the love? Where's the hug? Where's the in care and endurance with, with someone? You know, they, they, in meaningful people say like, well, they wouldn't want you to be sad right now. Well, really? Well, how do you know? Have you talked with them lately? Have you had a conversation with them? Have you dialed up? Hey, heaven, will you mind letting so-and-so tell me whether I can be sad now or not? Really? No. And the, the, the statement that I hear so often, well, you just need to move on. Oh, you just, 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 just go, just move on. It's over. Just move, move on. We act like it's the end of a, of a season for our television show that we just move on. What? No. When, when we experience loss, it's not that simple. 
It's, it's not about finding alternatives and at least this or at least that or, or they wouldn't want this or they wouldn't want that or, or you just got to move. No, it, it's not. Working through grief is about acceptance. This is what it is. It's happened. It is what it is. This has taken place. We can't change it. We can't alter it. We can't go back. We can't raise them from the dead. It is what it is. And we have to begin to accept that this is the new life. This is the new reality. This is our new world. And we begin to appreciate the life that we've gotten to this point. Appreciate the things that we do have. Appreciate the connections that we have. Appreciate that this matters. Appreciate that this hurts. Appreciate that this is painful because this is a person that you care, love, and been experiencing life with. And if it doesn't hurt, there's a problem. But I get to appreciate what was there and is there and has been gathered together through time. I have to acknowledge that it's okay to hurt. I have to acknowledge that it's okay to go forward. It's it's okay to take the next step. It's okay to attain better. It's okay to attain a, a betterness of life and ultimately a betterness at the life to come. Because Empathy is about us sitting through things together. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We, we bear our burdens with one another. And as we do that, that's how we help the next person. That's how we help this person be able to move forward. We teach them those four A's, acceptance, appreciation, acknowledgement, and the attainment of something better. Those are the things that help a person take the next step in life, take the next journey, ultimately to live a life that pleases God. The final question was a question that was asked of me during a, a conversation and during the conversation, as we were, we were chatting and talking, this particular person had lost a person they were in a relationship with. And it was sudden, heart attack, just all of a sudden they weren't there. And it didn't make any sense. It, didn't, it wasn't anything anyone did wrong. It just was. And I remember sitting and talking with this person, having this conversation. And as we were going along, the, the question I got asked, and this is the question, the person said, does God hate me? Does, does God hate me? I was talking with another person who had lost her spouse and we were chatting about this and and, and she, she said, you know, she says, I, I, I said the same thing. Does, does, is God punishing me? Does God hate me? Is God some, somehow taking this out on me? You know, the Bible tells us, and, and it is true, God's killed people. Uh, he's killed people because of punishment. Uh, Leviticus 10, Nadab and Abihu, fire comes raining down from heaven because they worshiped God against his, his direction. Uh, the son of David and Bathsheba uh, was killed due to their sin and the punishment therein. You know, but it's also true that Satan takes life. I mean, 
Job's ten children didn't die because of God. Job's ten children died because of Satan's decision. You know, some people died to to their own judgment or their own decision, their own choices. Uh, we thought, thought, thought about suicide a few minutes ago. I think of Judas Iscariot. He made he made that decision to end his life. You know, it's 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 not it's not always what we think it to be. It's it's not always what you and I make it out to be. In that, you you and I see things, and I think want to create a black and white and a cut and dried and. And, and bad things happen because of, of bad people or bad things happen because I've done something bad. And that's not the case at all times. Oh, there's times, sure, bad things do happen with bad people or bad things do happen when people make the wrong. Y- yes, that's that's a fact. But not every decision's that way. Not every negative thing is because of something negative. And as we begin to try to make sense out of life, I think we better suited and find better results when we respond the way David did. When when his son was lost, we find 2 Samuel chapter 12 beginning with verse 22. And his son has passed away. And David said, while the son was still alive, I fasted and wept for I said, who knows whether the Lord will give him back again. Will a gracious be gracious to me? Excuse me, that the child may live. But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. See, David's response is a response I think all of us can begin to draw closer to, and that is when when. When a life is ended, when, when tragic strikes, when, when loss occurs, for those that are still living, there's still a step to move forward. There's still life left to live. And it's about living a life to, to get to that better place, to attain that better location, to attain eternal life. And that's where our focus begins. That's where our focus needs to be. If I'm not in a good relationship with God, I fix it. If I'm not living the way God would want me to live my life, then I fix it. I, I, I change it. If I am living that life with God and I'm doing what he would want, then I appreciate his presence and his understanding and his direction in my life. And I begin to accept where he is in my world. That's how I live my life. I live my life with God first. And knowing that that life that I live has the ability to honor the one that has passed. You know, making sense at a loss is, is, is not possible from our direction looking back. I don't, I don't think we can look back and somehow uh, make sense of it from this side of eternity. But I'm mindful of, of Mary and Martha because they were confused. Remember, remember then their son, their excuse me, when their brother died, Lazarus, they were confused. They were confused because God, Jesus was there and, and could have came and he didn't. But listen to their way of moving forward. And in John chapter 11, beginning with verse 21, it says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, you have been, if, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. 
And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. See, she, she was looking not to, for Lazarus to be raised in a couple of days from now. She was looking for him to be raised in the last day. She, she wasn't seeing Jesus as, as raising him from the dead in the next you know, little few minutes. No, she was looking at an eternal place. That's where her eyes were. Her, her eyes were on the resurrection of the life for all of eternity that is to come. That, that's where her eyes were located. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. What do we say when we lose a person tragically? Do we say, I believe in you, yes, Lord? I believe in the resurrection of life. I believe in the life to come. I believe that me living faithfully leads to a life everlasting. The loss and, and, and tragedy that is found therein is painful and difficult. But we have to be able to live a life that says, my life is still yours, God. And we, we don't have to make sense of this life. We, we don't have to understand why. We have to understand what. What is our role in giving our God our best? I appreciate so much your attention and your willingness to continue to be a part of this podcast and to listen to things. I've got a lot of feedback and I appreciate all of it. I am still taking questions. I sure could use some more. We've got a few that I've got that I want to answer. We've got another podcast that will be coming up uh, at the end of the month. And so I want to be uh, providing these and continue to do that. I, I appreciate all of you who are just joining us and being a part of the program. Know that we are willing to take those questions. I'm looking forward to those opportunities to be able to talk with you. If you want to got a question you want to send, send it to counselfromabove at gmail.com. Be happy to be able to do that. You can also catch us uh, on Facebook and find us there at our group, which is Council From Above Podcast. We also now have a uh, type of a business kind of uh, a section that is connected with Facebook as well. So Council From Above, and you can look at us there and, and get information and be able to provide uh, questions, comments. I uh, love to hear the feedback, love to hear the thoughts that you might have. Our group is growing. Uh, our viewership is growing. We now are well over 500 views uh, and downloads with our podcast. And so, man, I am just excited about the things that are going on and all the things that are happening uh, connected to this podcast. So know that we are here, want to be able to support, looking forward to those opportunities to talk with you and chat with you and to be able to consider and think about our questions and how we would ask God so that he can provide us counsel from above.